Chapters 15 to 18, Book 6, Volume 1 of Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume 1, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book 6, Chapters 15 to 18. Chapter 15 how Sir Launcelot came into the chapel perilous, and got there of a dead corpse, a piece of the cloth, and a sword. Right so Sir Launcelot departed, and when he came unto the chapel perilous, he alighted down, and tied his horse unto a little gate, and as soon as he was within the churchyard, he saw on the front of the chapel many fair rich shields turned up so down, and many of the shields Sir Launcelot had seen knights bear beforehand. And with that he saw by him there stand a thirty great knights, more by a yard than any man that ever had seen. And all those grinned and gnashed at Sir Launcelot, and when he saw their countenance he dreaded him sore, and so put his shield afore him, and took his sword ready in his hand, ready unto battle. And they were all armed in black harness, ready with their shields and their swords drawn. And when Sir Launcelot would have gone throughout them, they scattered on every side of him, and gave him the way. And therewith he waxed all bold, and entered into the chapel. And then he saw no light but a dim lamp burning, and then was he ware of a corpse hilled with a cloth of silk. Then Sir Launcelot stooped down, and cut a piece away of that cloth, and then it fared under him, as the earth had quaked a little. Therewithal he feared. And then he saw a fair sword lie by the dead knight, and that he got in his hand, and hid him out of the chapel. Anon, as ever he was in the chapel-yard, all the knights spake to him with a grimly voice, and said, Knight, Sir Launcelot, lay that sword from thee, or else thou shalt die. Whether that I live or die, said Sir Launcelot, with no great word, get ye it again, therefore fight for it, and ye list. Then right so he passed throughout them, and beyond the chapel-yard there met him a fair damosel, and said, Sir Launcelot, leave that sword behind thee, or thou wilt die for it. I leave it not, said Sir Launcelot, for no treatise. No, said she, and thou didst leave that sword, Queen Guinevere should thou never see. Then were I a fool, and I would leave this sword, said Launcelot. Now, gentle knight, said the damosel, I require thee to kiss me but once. Nay, said Sir Launcelot, that God me forbid. Well, sir, said she, and thou hadst kissed me, thy life-days had been done. But now, alas, she said, I have lost all my labour, for I ordained this chapel for thy sake, and for Sir Gawaine. And once I had Sir Gawaine within me, and at that time he fought with that knight that leath there dead in yonder chapel, Sir Gilbert the Bastard, and at that time 
he smote the left hand off Sir Gilbert the Bastard, and Sir Launcelot, now I tell thee, I have loved thee this seven year, but there may no woman have thy love but Queen Guinevere. But sithen I may not rejoice thee to have thy body alive, I had kept no more joy in this world but to have thy body dead. Then would I have bound it and served it, and so have kept it my life days, and daily I should have clipped thee and kissed thee in despite of Queen Guinevere. Ye say well, said Sir Launcelot, Jesu preserve me from your subtle crafts. And therewithal he took his horse, and so departed from her. And, as the book saith, when Sir Launcelot was departed, she took such sorrow that she died within a forty night, and her name was Helawes, the sorceress, lady of the castle Nigramos. Anon Sir Launcelot met with the damosel, Sir Meliot's sister, and when she saw him she clapped her hands and wept for joy. And then they rode unto a castle, thereby where lay Sir Meliot. And anon, as Sir Launcelot saw him, he knew him, but he was passing pale, as the earth for bleeding. When Sir Meliot saw Sir Launcelot, he kneeled upon his knees and cried on high, O Lord Sir Launcelot, help me! Anon Sir Launcelot leapt unto him, and touched his wounds with her Gilbert's sword, and then he wiped his wounds with a part of the bloody cloth that Sir Gilbert was wrapped in, and anon an holer man in his life was he never. And then there was great joy between them, and they made Sir Launcelot all the cheer that they might. And so on the morn Sir Launcelot took his leave, and bade Sir Melio tie him to the court of my lord Arthur, for it draweth nigh of the feast of Pentecost, and there by the grace of God ye shall find me. And therewith they departed. Chapter 16 How Sir Launcelot, at the request of a lady, recovered a falcon by which he was deceived. And so Sir Launcelot rode through many strange countries, over marches and valleys, till by fortune he came to a fair castle, and as he passed beyond the castle, him thought he heard two bells ring, and then was he ware of a falcon came flying over his head toward an high elm, and long loons about her feet, and as she flew unto the elm to take her perch, the loons overcast about a bow and when she would have taken her flight she hung by the legs fast. And Sir Launcelot saw how that she hung, and beheld the fair falcon Perigot, and he was sorry for her. The meanwhile came a lady out of the castle, and cried on high, O oh, Launcelot, Launcelot, as thou art flower of all knights, help me to get my hawk, for an my hawk be lost my lord will destroy me for I kept the hawk, and she slipped from me, and if my lord my husband wit it, he is so hasty that he will slay me. What is your lord's name? said Sir Launcelot. Sir, she said, his name is Sir Felot, a knight that longeth unto the king of Northgalis. Well, fair lady, since that ye know my name, and require me of knighthood to help you, I will do what I may to get your hawk. And yet God knoweth I am an ill climber, and the tree is passing high. 
and few bows to help me withal. And therewith Sir Launcelot alighted, and tied his horse to the same tree, and prayed the lady to unarm him. And so when he was unarmed, he put off all his clothes unto his shirt and breech, and with might and force he clomb up to the falcon, and tied the lines to great rotten boyshe, and threw the hawk down, and it withal. Anon the lady got the hawk in her hand, and therewithal came out Sir Fellot out of the grooves suddenly. That was her husband, all armed, and with his naked sword in his hand, and said, O knight Launcelot, now have I found thee as I would, and stood at the bole of the tree to slay him. Ah, lady, said Sir Launcelot, why have ye betrayed me? She hath done, said Sir Pellot, but as I commanded her, and therefore there is none other boot but thine hour is come, that thou must die. That were shame unto thee, said Sir Launcelot, thou an armed knight to slay a naked man by treason. Thou gettest none other grace, said Sir Fellot, and therefore help thyself, and thou canst. Truly, said Sir Launcelot, that shall be thy shame, but since thou wilt do none other, take mine harness with thee, and hang my sword upon a bow, that I may get it and then do thy best to slay me, and thou canst. Nay, nay, said Sir Fellot, for I know thee better than thou weenst, therefore thou gettest no weapon, and I may keep thou therefrom. Alas, said Sir Launcelot, that ever a knight should die weaponless. And therewith he waited above him, and under him, and over his head he saw Rounsepick, a big bough, leafless, and therewith he brake it off by the body. And then he came lower, and awaited how his own horse stood. And suddenly he leapt on the furthest side of the horse, froward the knight. And then Sir Fellot lashed at him eagerly, weening to have slain him. But Sir Launcelot put away the stroke with the rounsepick, and therewith he smote him on the one side of the head, that he fell down in a swoon to the ground. So then Sir Launcelot took his sword out of his hand, and struck his neck from the body. Then cried the lady, Alas, why hast thou slain my husband? I am no causer, said Sir Launcelot, for with falsehood ye would have had slain me with treason, and now it is fallen on you both. And then she swooned as though she would die. And therewithal Sir Launcelot got all his armour as well as he might and put it upon him for dread of more resort, for he dreaded that the knight's castle was so nigh. And so, as soon as he might, he took his horse and departed, and thanked God that he had escaped that adventure. Chapter 17 How Sir Launcelot overtook a knight which chased his wife to have slain her, and how he said to him, so Sir Launcelot rode many wild ways, throughout marches and many wild ways. And as he rode in a valley he saw a knight chasing a lady, with a naked sword to have slain her. And by fortune, as this knight should have slain this lady, she cried on Sir Launcelot, and prayed him to rescue her. When Sir Launcelot saw that mischief, he took his horse and rode between them, saying, Knight, Fie for shame, why wilt thou slay this lady? 
thou dost shame unto thee and all knights. What hast thou to do betwixt me and my wife? said the knight. I will slay her, maugre by thy head. That shall ye not, said Sir Launcelot, for rather we two will have ado together. Sir Launcelot, said the knight, thou dost not thy part, for this lady hath betrayed me. It is not so, said the lady. Truly he saith wrong on me, and for because I love and cherish my cousin Germain, he is jealous betwixt him and me, and as I shall answer to God, there was never sin betwixt us. But, sir, said the lady, as thou art called the worshipfullest knight of the world, I require thee of true knighthood, keep me and save me, for whatsomever ye say, he will slay me for he is without mercy. Have ye no doubt, said Launcelot, it shall not lie in his power. Sir, said the knight, in your sight I will be ruled as ye will have me. And so Sir Launcelot rode on the one side, and she on the other. He had not ridden but a while, but the knight bade Sir Launcelot turn him and look behind him, and said, Sir, yonder come men of arms after us riding. And so Sir Launcelot turned him, and thought no treason, and therewith was the knight and the lady on one side, and suddenly he swapped off his lady's head. And when Sir Launcelot had espied him what he had done, he said and called him, Traitor, thou hast shamed me for ever and suddenly Sir Launcelot alighted off his horse, and pulled out his sword to slay him, and therewithal he fell flat to the earth, and gripped Sir Launcelot by the thighs, and cried mercy. Fie on thee, said Sir Launcelot, thou shameful knight, thou mayst have no mercy, and therefore arise and fight with me. Nay, said the knight, I will never arise till ye grant me mercy. Now will I proffer thee fair, said Launcelot. I will unarm me unto my shirt, and I will have nothing upon me but my shirt, and my sword, and my hand. And if thou canst slay me, quit be thou for ever. Nay, said Sir Pedivere, that will I never. Well, said Sir Launcelot, take this lady and the head, and bear it upon thee, and here shalt thou swear upon my sword to bear it always upon thy back, and never to rest till thou come to Queen Guinever. Sir, said he, that will I do by the faith of my body. Now, said Launcelot, tell me what is your name. Sir, my name is Pedivere. In a shameful hour wert thou born, said Launcelot. So Pedivere departed with the dead lady and the head, and found the queen with King Arthur at Winchester, and there he told all the truth. Sir Knight, said the queen, this is an horrible deed, and a shameful, and a great rebuke unto Sir Launcelot. But notwithstanding his worship is not known in many diverse countries. But this shall I give you in penance. Make ye as good shift as ye can. Ye shall bear this lady with you on horseback unto the Pope of Rome, and of him receive your penance for your foul deeds. And ye shall never rest one night, whereas ye do another, and ye go to any bed the dead body shall lie with you. 
This oath there he made, and so departed. And as he telleth in the French book, when he came to Rome, the Pope bade him go again unto Queen Ganever, and in Rome was his lady buried by the Pope's commandment. And after this Sir Pedivere fell to great goodness, and was an holy man and an hermit. Chapter 18 How Sir Launcelot came to King Arthur's court, and how there were recounted all his noble feats and acts. Now turn we unto Sir Launcelot de Lac, that came home two days afore the Feast of Pentecost, and the king and all the court were passing fain of his coming. And when Sir Gawain, Sir Uvain, Sir Sagramore, Sir Hector de Maris, saw Sir Launcelot in case armour, then they wist well it was he that smote them down all with one spear. Then there was laughing and smiling among them, and ever now and now came all the knights home that Sir Turquine had prisoners, and they all honoured and worshipped Sir Launcelot. When Sir Gaheris heard them speak, he said, I saw all the battle from the beginning to the ending, and there he told King Arthur all how it was, and how Sir Turquine was the strongest knight that he ever saw, except Sir Launcelot. There were many knights bare him record, nigh three score. Then Sir Kay told the king how Sir Launcelot had rescued him when he should have been slain, and how he made the knights yield them to me, and not to him. And there they were all three, and bare record. And by Jesu, said Sir Kay, because Sir Launcelot took my harness and left me his, I rode in good peace, and no man would have ado with me. Anon therewithal there came the three knights that fought with Sir Launcelot at the long bridge, and there they yielded them unto Sir Kay. And Sir Kay forsook them, and said he fought never with them. But I shall ease your heart, said Sir Kay. Yonder is Sir Launcelot that overcame you. When they wist that, they were glad. And then Sir Meliot de Logre came home, and told the king how Sir Launcelot had saved him from the death. And all his deeds were known, how four queens, sorceresses, had him in prison, and how he was delivered by King Bagdemagus' daughter. Also there were told all the great deeds of arms that Sir Launcelot did betwixt the two kings, that is, for to say, the king of Northgalis and King Bagdemagus. All the truth Sir Gahalantine did tell, and Sir Mador de la Porte and Sir Mordred, for they were at that same tournament. Then came in the lady that knew Sir Launcelot, when that he wounded Sir Bellius at the pavilion. And there, at request of Sir Launcelot, Sir Bellius was made knight of the round table. And so, at that time, Sir Launcelot had the greatest name of any knight of the world, and most he was honoured of high and low. Explicit the noble tale of Sir Launcelot du Lac, which is the sixth book. Here followeth the tale of Sir Gareth of Orkney, that was called Beaumain by Sir Kay, and is the seventh book. End of Book Six, Chapters Fifteen to Eighteen of Le Mort d'Arthur by Sir Thomas Mallory Read by Lars Rolander